Welcome to the Step Change Podcast with me, Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor. Now, my podcast is a series of thoughts to help you with the development of your own business and to make that step change often needed. I'm delighted to be joined by a guest today, which is Lou Webster of the Coffee Consultancy. Hi, Lou. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. We're going to be talking about all things coffee and a little bit more, aren't we? So uh, first of all, tell us a little bit more about what actually you do as the Coffee Consultancy. So the Coffee Consultancy, its main aim is to help uh, people who run businesses to serve better coffee. And that is from an element from the consumer's point of view, but also for them to understand what they need to do to prepare coffee well, to buy, where to source it from, so that they can make more money, basically, because the better coffee you've got and the better you prepare it and the less waste you have, the higher your turnover. Yeah, brilliant. And we were talking before um, about one of the things you do in the business in terms of helping people to consider how to open a cafe or a coffee shop. And I know you've got a couple of examples going on at the moment. Tell us a couple of things that we should be sort of considering. And if we were thinking about doing that, whilst we're having that cup of coffee and we have that dream, or perhaps I should try this, <laughs> as we all do, don't we? It's probably counterintuitive for me to say this, uh, this is my business, but it is, it's not easy. Uh, it is a lot of hard work. And I think um, a lot of thought does need to go into whether you um, like people uh, and because you are customer serving. And, you know, that is, and a lot of people think, they sort of forget hospitality, you know, it is, it is actually a really difficult skill to have to always be on, as it were, and to always be friendly and welcoming. Um, so that's quite a number one thing Like, do you like people? <laughs> mm. And the second one is, is more kind of, it's, it's quite a long process. I think a lot of people will have this dream and they think, yes, I'd love to have my own place. I can have all my friends come over. I can get to meet, be in the local community. And that absolutely is a, is a lovely thing to have in being a hub. Um, but the process isn't smooth and it's not necessarily that quick. Um, and there's also lots of weird little hiccups that come along. So yeah, so working with somebody like myself, um, we can help you basically look at the pitfalls potentially before you fall in them and give you kind of guidance and advice on, on where to focus and to, to basically save you time and money. I love that first tip about like people. You know, when I owned a, an indoor soft play centre, which was probably the business that I had, which was most customer facing that I've ever had. You know, employing people that didn't like people was the biggest mistake that. Uh, and when I say didn't like people, you know what I mean. But you know, it's one of the things that frustrates me when I go to a, a location and someone just, they just don't look as if they're enjoying themselves. And it just, yeah. you know, whether the food's nice or the coffee's lovely, or that makes no difference. You've been impacted, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah. And sorry, I was going to say it's a, it can put a complete downer on your experience as well. Even though you have the best cup of coffee you've ever had, if you've got miserable service, you're probably not going to go back there. So, yeah, yeah, and enjoy it less. So, uh, as the, the coffee consultancy, then in terms of you're, you're taking these businesses on their on their journey of sort of starting their own um, hospitality business, S some of the factors they should be considering: premises, location. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about all some these of the things. Detail. So it depends at what point um, I am approached to be involved from. Sometimes it can be right from the kind of concept creation, which is. Uh, which is what I've got a couple of projects right now. Um, others, it might be a bit later. But considerations, yeah, key, uh, you know, you, you you need a location that has good footfall, um, but it also you need to you balance it off with how much price you're going to be paying for your rent as well. So rent um, needs to be capped at a, a manageable rate, otherwise you're just never going to make any money. So I would say, yeah, location is is really, really important. Um, and it needs to suit your your concept as well. So, and you need to have, yeah, so, but it also can take a really long time to find that. So you need to sort of build in a few kind of, you know, uh, plan A, plan B, plan C, potentially if you can't find that perfect location, what else could you be looking for? So yeah, location is, is, is a tricky one, especially rent and rates are in the UK, sadly, in, in good locations are prohibitively expensive for a, a profitable cafe business. So yeah, that's the main thing. Do your research on the finances. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something a lot of people are, 
overlooked sometimes, isn't it? And, and I know one of your areas of expertise is actually advising people on the product itself and the equipment that they use, because I know that's so important to making sure that that's how, t- tell us a little bit more about why that's important. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, in the UK, there are so many great options for, um, for in terms of being, you know, looking for a coffee supplier and they, but they're, you need to make sure that they're right for you. So we, you know, in, when we're working with, with clients, it's, it's about making sure that we can f- fit them with a suitable coffee supplier. Um, it's going to suit their needs, but also their, potentially their ethos and also what kind of coffee they want to serve to their clients. Um, and then equipment is another thing as well. And we are a little bit guilty in, um, in the kind of the sort of higher end coffee kind of arena um, in the UK of kind of having all of the right kit because it looks good. And um, and there are some absolutely amazing coffee machines out there that come with a hefty price tag. And it's not to say they're not worth the money because, you know, they are phenomenal machines, but equally, sometimes you don't need to spend that much on equipment, especially when you're first starting. So there's definitely, you know, ways that, you know, if we're working with, with a client that we would advise, hey, you know, could we? Could that be down the line when you've made a bit more money? Then you can have the fancy equipment. But this one will do you just fine. So yeah, so the different ways that we can look to 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 see what's going to fit the the, the concept. Yeah, and I, and I wish I'd had your experience again when I had the play center because I'd have probably not gone for the the rental type model, which then ate into my margins because of the volume that we were able to sell. But uh, another experience and, and and staffing and training. Yeah, you know, yeah. what's the sort of tips and tricks for? Thinking about that, staff are probably your uh, going to be your number one uh, issue. They are the complete soul of your of your business, so they are integral to it. But they'll also be the ones that let you down. <laughs> so it is, yeah, it is difficult. So yeah, finding staff, I would say finding staff that fit your uh, the rest of your team is really important. Finding staff that you like and get on and will be complementary to you um, and your customers is key. And I would say hire for that those reasons. N- more over kind of a skill set because then you can you can train them um, in how you want them to to serve your customers, but also on the coffee side of it, you know we do coffee training, but there's so many other you know there's there's lots of great baristas out there that also do a bit of freelance kind of coffee training, and there's all sorts of options. So hire for the talent of a personality first, and then you can teach them the rest. Mm, I, I love your offering because you know you obviously got the experience from the consultancy perspective, but you a barista roaster. You know, you know your coffee at the end of the day and how that adds the value. But one of the other things you do talk to your clients about is about how important the branding is. And that's not just necessarily their logo, which some people think it is, but it's about the whole concept of the business. Tell us a bit about why that's so important. So I think it's important because of a continuity across everything. I've been to a couple of uh, coffee shops um in and around the UK that I've followed on Instagram. I'm like, yes, this looks brilliant. I'm so excited to go there. And then I get there and then it's a mismatch. So it doesn't, so that brand doesn't, doesn't work. It's also, yeah, so your logo obviously is one thing, but yeah, that whole, again, that comes from working at Soho House, I think it, it, it taught me so much about how you can build a brand in so many minute details that all play into it. So yeah, that can be to your, you know, make sure your glassware, your crockery, the way that you serve things, the music, the lighting, soft furnishing, all of these things um, will create your brand. Um, and um, and that's transferable and it's also sellable because, you know, you can, people will want to share that with you. But yeah, it's about being, um, having that continuity across all different platforms. Every single touch point. You know, I remember someone I used to work for and uh, their sort of strap line was, you know, remember our brand is every single time we touch a customer in, in some sort of way. Um, coffee in general then, is it, is, it an under, is it an undervalued product? I would say yes, massively so, yeah. I think um, 
we around the world take for granted coffee. We we drink, I think it's something like two billion cups of coffee of it, you know, every day across the globe. Um, but most of that is pretty average to to rubbish <laughs> coffee. And that's not to say it doesn't have a place because, you know, the whole uh, coffee industry is quite um, precarious at the moment. So we, um, but yeah, but I think in the way that we undervalue it potentially in this country is actually we think that it's too expensive in certain cafes. People bulk at playing like maybe £2.80, £3 for a cup of coffee. Um, and they possibly, and that's because, and understandably, they're not in that business, but they don't understand that actually that cafe they're selling a cup of coffee for the £3 is probably making about 10p, <laughs> you know, overall, once you take out staff costs, rent costs, crockery, the cost of coffee in itself, all these different things add up. And, um, and coffee itself is a should be a higher value product than it is. We think that we should, coffee is cheap and coffee is not cheap. It's a highly um, skilled, in terms of like for farming, you need highly skilled people um, if you want a good cup of coffee. And then all of these other processes that we mentioned, you know, about roasting, baristas, incredibly skillful to be able to craft a really great cup of coffee. We need to start understanding that we need to pay for that. It's like, um, it's like wine, you know, you can have different levels, but you know, there is, there should, we need to, understand that that's that coffee is kind of the same process that it goes through so many skilled hands to mm. get to our cup at the end of the day mm. and uh, i know you've got an events side of your skill set as well whereby <laughs> you you have events where you share coffee tasting with people exactly right? that's uh that's covid's fault uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah so adapting to to the times last year um wanted to bring um uh, experiences via by zoom um to basically yeah uh, share my love of coffee um with people that are stuck at home basically mm -hmm. and uh, yeah so we send out like four different types of coffee and we do uh, a professional coffee tasting and we, and we do it all blind and i get to sh showcase um how different coffees can be um and um yes but that was a really fun fun process and i'm now just trying to figure out how i how I keep building that side of it because I'm thankfully quite busy right now, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. But there's just, yeah, it was a really great experience because it allowed me to to uh, reach out to people that probably wouldn't, I would never have got to before and get to, you know, tell them and share with, with them my passion for coffee. And and I, know, I know you've done some events for some some large brands as well. What, what, what's the name of the brand that does the event side of it? Uh, as in my, my, my brand? brand? Yeah, sorry, it's uh, the Curious Bear. Curious Bear, <laughs> yeah, so I love it. Going back to coffee in general, then, you know, I, I know you sort of like we've talked about coffee shops and cafes, but I know your consultancy is extending into sort of supporting pubs and restaurants. Is that because you're seeing that they're taking their coffee more serious rather than a percolated jug on the side? Yeah, I think they've had they've sort of their hands been forced a little bit because consumers now are becoming more savvy. So if we take Oxford as a, as a good example, there's a really, really vibrant and great coffee scene here. You know, we are, um, I think we've maybe got 12 different micro roasteries, you know, in and around Oxfordshire and we've got some fantastic cafes. And so that is replicated in across the UK in lots of different areas. So people now understand what a good cup of coffee is. And when you get a rubbish cup of coffee in a pub, because they haven't, you know, not just a pub, but in a restaurant quite often, it's the last thing that you drink and it's like, ooh, I've had a fabulous meal. I've got a really rubbish cup of coffee to finish it with. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, restaurateurs are having to maybe sort of being forced a little bit, like you need to pay attention to coffee. But I still think it's an undervalued um, product for those types of um, hospitality venues because there's a lot of money that you can make in terms of adding to your turnover um, by having a great coffee program. And it doesn't mean a massive investment for them because you can, you can get around some of the equipment. But yeah, but having great coffee and well-trained staff who actually care about, about creating a great cup of coffee and then translating that to customers, they're going to come back for different things that, you know, at different times of the day where maybe sales weren't as, as 
as busy normally. So in a pub, for example, if they're offering, you know, maybe breakfast now because they need to make more money. If you've got a fantastic coffee offering as well as food, that just increases your average customer spend as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember one of my old neighbours, actually, business neighbours, um, used to walk quite a distance to a place that did a cup of coffee at breakfast time because it was the best coffee you could get at that time. And you just mentioned, actually, got me thinking, wine. The, the, mm-hmm. you know, you're in the restaurant and we've got the wine, but actually I've got the wine list and I make a choice of the wine list. When I get to the coffee, I order coffee and the coffee comes. Yep. So how do we get around this sort of acquired taste of coffee, whether I love it strong, I love it... No. Oh, that's a good question. I think if we wanted to take it in a, into a foodie kind of place, again, it depends on the setup of, of what kind of food style it is. But, if you, you know, there are some Michelin star, um, or not necessarily Michelin star, but, you know, higher end restaurants that are now doing coffee kind of pairing. Mm-hmm. So you can have um, different coffees that go with a dessert potentially. And then, you know, and there'll be for a different origin of coffee, you know, that complements. So some that are fruitier, some that um, have more chocolatey notes, some that are quite nutty and they will complement things. But yeah, I think... I, I, you know, everyone is entitled to what they enjoy and um, and everyone is different. And so, yeah, it's about people maybe understanding why they like coffee a certain way. Or do they want that thing? You know, like a lot of the Italian kind of espresso, which is just like, it's that powerful shot. And that's what the, that's what a lot of Italians love. And they probably wouldn't like the coffee that I drink because they'll think that it's, yeah, just a bit light and a bit too fruity and all those kind of things. So I think that's it. It's about finding coffee that you enjoy um, and um, and knowing why you enjoy it so you can keep seeking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm Oxfordshire, born and bred. Um, run my business here. Um, you know, I won't say how for how long now. I might give that away, but um, I've had two injections. <laughs> <laughs> but to the um, in COVID impact, you know, what's it had on the the Oxfordshire coffee scene? You said about. Mm. So I think uh, in Oxfordshire, there's been some really interesting kind of new pop-ups. If we take coffee, I think coffee is, or businesses that serve coffee primarily have had um, a bit more resilience than I would say pubs or restaurants because they've been allowed to continue serving coffee, um, you know, as takeout and things like that. But roasteries, I think that, um, and then we take, so Jericho being one of them, you know, um, I think the Missing Bean and um, and Newgrounds to take a few um, of the slightly larger ones, they already had an online um, subscription service or coffee sales. And so they then already had that starting platform. So they got to grow the those, those businesses over lockdown because consumers, you know, habits changed completely. Everyone was like, oh my God, I can't get my cup of coffee mm-hmm. on my daily commute. Mm-hmm. I need to have great coffee at home. So sales, you know, were able to grow, I think, for a lot of roasteries, not just in, in Oxford, but I think in the UK. So that's quite exciting, a trend kind of change. And so people are now enjoying really, really fabulous coffee at home. Um, and so, yeah. I don't know, I think, but coffee, people were very adaptable, I think. There's been a few really fabulous examples of, of, um, of businesses having to adapt to the COVID situations and whether that, you know, to allow them to carry on serving. So it was interesting to see. And there's new things opening as well already, which, you know, there's, which is really exciting and different coffee carts opening. So, yeah, it's been good to see. Cool. Um, what about your tips then for anybody that wants to take coffee a little bit more seriously in their business? What, what would you be your sort of overriding tips for them to consider? Um, I would look at... Um, your coffee kind of offer, you know, are, what's your equipment like? Does it need a service? What's you know, water and filtration? Those things are really important, cleanliness. And then looking at, um, uh, uh, to partner with a good, potentially local specialty coffee roaster um, and then get some training and a bit of passion into, you know, coffee is should be at the same level as your food, as your wines. It should be, there shouldn't be a difference. I and mean, a lot of times it gets forgotten as just like, oh, I'm going to make a cup of coffee for this guy. So elevating it and caring about it in the same way would be my, my biggest tip. 
Fantastic. Well, thanks for, for joining me today for, for this episode, sharing your expertise uh, and knowledge with us. If someone wants to engage with you and find out a little bit more about how you can help them uplift their coffee experience and help them in their hospitality business, how can they find out more? Oh, uh, let me ask this question. That's weird. Uh, yeah, uh, my website, thecoffeeconsultancy.com. Um, there's lots of information there and you can uh, get in touch with me um, via uh, sign up form or I'm on LinkedIn quite a lot. Just if you search my name, Louis, Lou Webster, and then you'll be able to find me. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Lou. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you. So you've been listening to the Step Change podcast with me, Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor. I'm grateful, as always, to my guest and today, Lou Webster, for joining me to share their knowledge, experience and expertise to help you make that step change in your business. Please do subscribe to my podcast via your favourite app. And then the next time I release an episode, you'll be one of the first to know.